0: This is actually my first Very Bold Radio and podcast, having gone full-time with Very Bold. So I want to thank you, my team of supporters, and my prayer warriors, uh, my friends, family that have allowed this opportunity. I've talked about the things that God has put on my heart to do, and I'm just excited that you're a part of that. And so if you're listening on KSLR to the podcast and don't know what I'm talking about, you want to reach out, steve at verybold.com. I'm looking for breakfast, lunch, appointments that I can hang out with people and let you know, because God's up to something great. God's doing some really cool stuff, and I want you to be a part of the team. I don't want you just to be on the sidelines. I want you to be a part of this team and uh, just what God is doing. So today, I'm going to start with prayer in just a second, but I want to tell you this. Today, you can see that we don't have a guest Today is a Simple Man Bible Study Rock the World episode. It's been about a year. I am in. A, I'm working on a series, but it's a slow series. It might be a decade-long series, Rock the World. We're looking at the life of Peter and his interactions and relationship with Jesus, and I just love it. And I believe that today— God wants to speak something to your heart, even through the prayer, through the teaching, through God's word that he wants to encourage you, remind you of his love. And what we're going to look at today, specifically the miracle that we're going to look at, um, I feel like I want Jesus to do something like that for you, something just that Jesus just does. But I want to start with prayer. So usually uh when we have a guest, I, I have a prayer with them. The marksman and I have already prayed this morning off off air, obviously, but I want to pray for you. So uh, if you just join me, I want to walk you into the presence of God, and I want God to speak to your heart. So be ready and open your heart to say, hey, Jesus, do you want to speak a word to me? Do you want to encourage me? Do, what do you want to say to me? And I'll just pray for you, and then we'll get into our Simple Man Bible study, Rock the World with Peter today. Let's pray. Jesus you are so good. You are so loving and so powerful. I just want to thank you that you are a God who is living and alive. You're a God who speaks. You're a God who empowers and you want to speak to us right now. And so Jesus, with my friends that are listening um, through the power of your Holy Spirit, I just want to walk into your presence with my brother or my sister in you. And Jesus, I just want to walk into your presence, and I can picture and visualize you sitting at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. And I can picture your smile on your face. And Jesus, for my brother or for my sister that I'm praying for— I just want to say, Lord, you know their heart and you know their fears today, you know their challenges, their opportunities, you know their stress, you know their hopes and their dreams, you know. And Jesus, I just watch as you walk out from behind the table and you come and greet my my sister in Christ. And I, I picture her and I see the love that you have for her. And I see you just wrap your arms around her. And I see you say, I've got this. I've got this. You do not need to be afraid. I'm so proud of you and I'm proud of what I'm doing in your family's life. Um, I see it and I am with you. And then Jesus, I just picture you through the power of the Holy Spirit, just walking this sister in Christ over to the window and looking out. And Jesus, would you just you see it all. You see everything. You have a just a big beaming smile on your face, the twinkle in your eye, because you see all things. And I, I picture you putting your arm around this sister in Christ, and I see you seeing it all. But Lord Jesus, through the power of your Holy Spirit, would you let her see out the window the rolling hills and just see the promises that you have given her? Not all of them. You don't have to show her all, every single thing, but something of that hope. Through the power of your Holy Spirit, do that now. And I just thank you for her. And then Jesus, I know um, just somebody else, a brother in Christ that just needs to hear from you. Just step up to the window with him. Speak to his heart your hope. That's what you do. Your kindness, your love, Lord Jesus. It's in you. Your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. All right. Um, Man, I'll tell you what with Very Bold. uh, These these last couple of years have been so exciting to pray for people. And, uh, you know, if we get an appointment together to talk about Very Bold, let me pray for you. Let me pray with you. Uh, It has just been incredible just to see how God is moving and speaking. He is just alive and well and wants to speak to your heart. So that's an honor for me to get to pray for you. And uh, I don't know who was feeling the Holy Spirit when I prayed, but if you want to reach out to me, let me know, steve at verybold.com. Um I could see specifically a person that I was praying for, but through the power of the Holy Spirit, perhaps he was uh you know praying for you, speaking to you that 's what I hope all right. we are going to get into this simple man Bible study, rock the world, and wouldn 't you just love? for this simple man. See, I'm the simple man. It's not just for the simple man. I'm the simple man. This is for my sisters in Christ. This is for you. This is for my brothers in Christ. But wouldn't it be just awesome for this simple man to come today with a promise of a lot of answers? Wouldn't that be cool? Don't you like when a preacher just has the answers, when a teacher just has the answers? Take some of the guesswork out of it. Well, Well, guys, God just didn't make me that way. (laughs) I've got questions. That's why I love to interview people. I've got questions. My questions have questions. So maybe you've got the answers as we go through this story of Peter and Jesus. But here are a few of my questions just to let you know. I've got questions. Peter, my guy, Peter, what in the world? The name of this study is Rock the World in honor of Peter the Rock. But, Peter, what in the world were you thinking sitting in the boat about walking out on the waves? Help me help you, Peter. Help me help you, Peter. What? Why? How? All right. We're not done. More questions. Jesus, my Lord and Savior, the resurrection and the life, the first and the last, a humble question for you, my Messiah. What were you thinking that you would tell Peter, yeah, sure, come out on the water? Why, Lord, what? Jesus, while I've got questions bubbling up inside of me and spilling out, tell me, when it says that you were walking on the water and that your intent was to pass on by, What was the idea there? And Jesus, my Lord and my God, my faithful and sympathetic high priest, why did you change your mind? I love it, man. I've got more questions for Jesus about this curious, beautiful incident, but let me turn the interrogation light towards the gospel writer, Mark. Mark, you are known in church tradition from the historian Eusebius to have traveled with Peter the Rock to have written down his stories to write in the gospel that we know as Mark's gospel. Maybe they called him the Marksman too back then. I don't know, Mark. So Mark, the gospel writer this is, I have to know, why did you not write about Peter walking on the water? Talk about Jesus walking on the water, but not a mention of your gospel teammate your gospel partner not a mention not a thing of peter out on that water interesting why is that luke gospel writer doctor i've got questions for you which i can't even surmise a guess but luke beloved doctor physician why did you not include even jesus walking on the water not even that this is a pretty big story luke You made a choice, a decision. Now, we're pretty certain there's great evidence that Luke had the gospel of Mark before him and other reports and interviews as he wrote. He must have read the story of Jesus walking on water from Mark several times, but then made the conscious decision to not include it. Hmm. Folks, I love you, but I've got questions, not answers, about Luke's decisions. Maybe you have guesses why. I'd be curious to hear. Uh, maybe I'll wait and interview Luke when I'm in heaven. That's what I want to do. That's what I want to do. Ask the good doctor, why, why, why not? While I'm at it, I'll go and find John, the beloved disciple, son of thunder. Ah, oh, Best nickname, best nickname. I'll say, John, you were really good at talking about some of the other apostles, Thomas, Philip, Andrew, just to mention a few. But why? Did you talk about Jesus walking on the water and also not mention that Peter walked on water? I'm certain your answer is different, different nuance than Mark's, but you've got me curious. I've got questions. I wish I had answers. Wouldn't it be cool if I just promised you I'm going to answer those questions? I've got a few ideas, but we'll see. Also, John, you were there. I witness you beheld his glory. That's what you said. What were your thoughts when Peter dares Jesus to call him out on the water? Like, my question is, who tried to stop Peter? You know, out of 12 guys, somebody said, bro, you're crazy. And somebody else sat back just wide-eyed curiosity, like, this this is going to be good. This is going to be interesting. So what can I say? I've got questions. Maybe, maybe by the grace of God and the power of the Holy Spirit, my questions today will lead at least me to a stronger faith in Jesus, but I want it to lead you to a stronger faith in Jesus, even if they're just questions. That's how big our God is, that out of questions, and sometimes we don't get the answers, God still just reveals some of his glory to you. That's what I want. But I don't know. We'd leave that to the Holy Spirit. But we'll look at the curious incident of two water walkers, 11 boat sitters, after this announcement about our brand new Very Bold Radio and Podcast sponsor. I'm so excited. Got to interview Brian Marley just a couple of weeks ago. that has been longer than that. I've been out of the studio, Marksman. But he is definitely not a boat sitter. He's a bold thinker. Yes, dare we say it. Very bold thinker. Absolutely. Thinking about, he Brian is thinking about the rising cost of food, gas, electricity. I'm not trying to stress you out. But Brian actually has answers that can save you money. He's with Freedom Solar Power and will give you a free consultation to talk about saving you money by going solar. Brian Marley, love that guy. You can go to verybold.com. And you can use the contact uh, page there to reach out to me or shoot me an email direct, steve at verybold.com. I'm so grateful that God has provided uh, for this show and this ministry through you and through Brian Marley. And I want you to know, Brian, we believe in you. And thank you for sponsoring Very Bold Radio and Podcast and believing in us, Brian Marley. So now here's what we do. Simple man, rock the world. Let's go to the Sea of Galilee. The first we got to recall that before Jesus goes for that early morning stroll on the water Jesus has just fed a crowd of 5000 men plus women and children with just five loaves and two fish remember how many people is that just the the men not counting the women and children i mean i'm thinking most of those wives came out i could be totally wrong and i'm thinking at least come on two kids That would make it 20000 enough to fill the AT&T Center and then some standing room only. But what stands out to me even more is that Jesus knew there was a need, that people were hungry, and that Jesus had in mind what he was going to do. Thank you, John, for just telling us that in your gospel. And so Jesus tested the apostles, asking Philip specifically, where are we going to find bread for these people to eat, Philip? And what I recall is that Jesus was looking for a huge, vast amount of faith. Like for someone to step up and say, Jesus, you're the Messiah. Why don't you just make food appear like manna from heaven? Do something, Jesus, spectacular. We know you can, so go for it. No, Jesus was not asking for gigantic, ginormous faith. He was just looking for a little faith glimmer just a little speck of faith, just enough to put under the microscope so Jesus can say, ah, I think I see some faith there. And so it's Andrew who boldly proclaims with the confidence of faith of a man who truly understands Jesus' power. Here's a kid. He's got five small barley loaves. Andrew's apparently a detailed guy who wants to make sure that Jesus has the facts, not five big barley loaves. Five small loaves and two fish, and Andrew's like, how far will they go among so many? So you understand I'm saying Andrew's not displaying this incredible faith. That's some sarcasm uh, to say that he's showing great faith. No. No. This is a shoulder-shrugging uncertainty. I love that there's encounters with Jesus, and when people have faith, sometimes it's like, I don't know, uh, five loaves, two fish? Uh, They're real small loaves, Jesus, but I don't know, maybe? I don't know. But that shoulder-shrugging faith of Andrew is enough for Jesus. That's crazy to me. Thank you, Jesus, for taking our just teeny-speck, of faith and running with it. So it's just the mere fact that Andrew brought it to Jesus' attention is enough to activate Jesus to the miraculous. It blows me away every time. So can we turn my attention away from the questions that I have for Peter today and the gospel writers, Mark and Luke, and for Jesus, and ask you a question? What is Jesus asking of you today? Where in this scenario is he just looking for a little shoulder shrug of uncertainty, but still looking for you to interact with Jesus? It's some scenario, some problem, some opportunity, if you're a little bit more optimistic, to see Jesus act to do something great. But the invitation is to you. Jesus says, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? That's what I want him to say to you right now. We're past plan A, on to plan B or plan C. Let me tell you, Jesus loves a good plan B. I'm so grateful he does. He's down with a good plan C as well. In fact, that's when his glory just comes out, is when plan A is pushed aside, does not work, then Jesus gets an opportunity to come through. So today, what do you have to offer to Jesus? On paper, it may seem inconsequential, insignificant. Is it even worth mentioning to Jesus? Yes. Jesus, here is what I have. It's not much, but I'm giving it to you. It's five small loaves, not just five loaves. So the five loaves and two fish feed 10,000 or 20,000 when Jesus, who is God in the flesh, chooses the moment to reveal his glory. That's what this was about. Ultimately, Jesus was concerned first about hungry people, compassionate, love it. But secondly, Jesus was concerned about hungry people. And now I'm talking about the hunger of the soul, the hunger of the soul to know the power and love of God. Jesus is powerful. Jesus is not some mere prophet with compassion and no power. He's not just an idea guy, not just an ideal guy, but will go on to teach, hey, hungry people, people whose soul is hungry, Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Now, no prophet would dare utter such an egocentric teaching. No teacher would do that. I am the bread of life of life. And recall again my friends and family our beloved apostle John is so good about that all important what looks so simple on the surface two words in English those two words I am. But what reads in Greek like I I am. I am the I am. Some of you know but not all, not all recall that when Moses who did, quote-unquote, feed the Israelites manna from heaven on the daily. When Moses asked God's questions, and he asked God a lot of questions, so thanks. I'm not the only one asking questions. And Moses asked God, what's your name? Who should I say is sending me? And God answered, I am the I am. I am the one who is. I, I am the divine name not lost on the Apostle John when Jesus says, I am the bread of life. John gets it. Jesus is making a divine statement. I am the I am. When Jesus calls Lazarus back to life and then Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will never die. Divine name of God. Not to mention, again, I'm the bread of life. I'm the resurrection and the life. Believe in me and never die. Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. Again, in the Greek, it reads as I, I am. I am the one who is the way, the truth and the life. Not, hey, y'all, I know the way. I can point you to the direction. And not, hey, guys, I know some truth, but I am the truth. It's me. That's what Jesus said. Not, hey, I've got some ideas here, some principles that can bring you some more life, some happiness, some more joy. No, Jesus says, I am the way and the truth and the life. Thank you, Apostle John, for making sure we know when God says, I'm the good shepherd, he's claiming his divinity. I am the gate, the door, divinity, God in the flesh. That's one reason it's somewhat comical when someone rejects the divinity of Jesus but says something like, well, he was a very good moral teacher. How do you reconcile the two? Jesus is teaching, I am the way, the truth, the life. Jesus teaches not just truths, not just pithy principles for better living, but come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Come to me, all who are thirsty. Your soul is thirsty. I'll give you streams bubbling up inside your soul. You're thirsty? Jesus says, I am the answer. Someone right now is listening or watching, and you are thirsty. Your soul is hungry. You are looking for the truth. And Jesus is saying to you right now, come to me. I'll quench your thirst. I'll give you living water. Come to me. You're tired. I'll give you rest. Come to me, you hungry. I am bread for your soul. The opponents of Jesus got it. When Jesus was talking about Abraham, who'd lived, what, 2,000 years before Jesus, and Jesus says to them, before Abraham was, what are the two words or three words that he says? I am. I am the one who is. His opponents were like, hold on, Jesus is claiming to be God. He's got to go. I say some of this because I want to set the stage for you. I am. I, I am is a loaded statement. So will you just kind of hold that thought? I am. I am the one who is. Place it in your hand and just let it sit there. So Jesus had just fed 10,000, 15,000, 20,000. Thank you, Apostle John, for also telling us that the crowd understood this was powerful and miraculous. The crowd did not think in response to this, oh, isn't that special? Some little boy just gave up his lunch, and then everybody else must have given up their lunch. Look at how unselfishness and sharing leads to 12 extra baskets of bread. I only mention this. You may not know that, but because some people who seemed to be not interested in a powerful God who intervenes and reveals himself and apparently would rather have a smiley face, wimpy God who pats people on the back and says, have a nice day. The crowd that was there, they weren't all disciples. Maybe they were curious. Maybe they were seeking something. But when they see that Jesus is powerful, they want to have that power. We see this from John when he reveals that the crowd intended to make Jesus king by force. You don't do that for Mr. Rogers, y'all, I promise you. You think that way when you see power. Jesus, it says, knowing that that's what they intend, to force him to be king. Jesus, you can't force him to act the way you want him to act. But he knows that, so he withdraws, leaves, won't let them make him king. Because their idea of king is so off. It's about that. Mm, It's just off. Goes to the mountain by himself. That's what Jesus does. Stays there, and then his disciples leave him be too. Jesus sends them away in the boat, which has to raise all sorts of questions for at least one of the crew. Who's asking questions there that day? Thomas? Hey, wait, if we're going in the boat to the other side of the Galilee, how is Jesus going to catch up? (laughs) Now, I do find it fascinating, Jesus spending the night in prayer. Here is the Lord who perfectly represents every thought, word, action, the very heart of God the Father. And yet Jesus is spending the night in prayer by himself. He's not doing it for the disciples to learn from his prayer. I think it might be time for me to pray a little bit more. That's what I'm getting out of that. I don't get why Luke doesn't bother with Jesus walking on water. I don't even have a a guess why he avoids this amazing story. Now, as to why Mark and John don't mention that Peter also walked on water, what's that all about? I do have a guess for that. Why Mark, who I mentioned, is really considered Peter's gospel Now, I will tell you that some people think Mark left out Peter walking on water because it was so embarrassing that Peter lost his faith and started to sink, like Mark needed to protect Peter's feelings. How embarrassing. Now, I'm going to disagree with those people. I respect their opinion. I, I get it, but I disagree. I don't think the fact that Peter got shaky and freaked out and started to go down was what would have been the major news of the event, not in my opinion. No, I don't think so. Yeah, sure, Peter falters and falls. Big deal. Jesus is the Son of God, God in the flesh, the Lord, all things created through him and for him. Jesus walking on water is awesome and truly builds the faith of the disciples when it happens, which is beautiful. But later, after Jesus has been resurrected, conquered death, new imperishable, indestructible body, yet scars reminding us that by his wounds we are healed, the glory of Jesus glorified, exalted. Then looking back 25 to 35 years later as these gospels are written, the story of Jesus walking on water is powerful, but Not completely unexpected in hindsight. You understand when Jesus walked on water, it was incredible. But looking back and seeing the risen Lord and knowing he is God, I feel like that hindsight would be like, well, of course Jesus could walk on the water. You know, my belief, people may have mocked Peter for denying Jesus three times. That is what a tradition teaches us, that he was mocked. But Mark certainly in no way in his gospel shied away from sharing that most embarrassing moment, that most vulnerable and humbling moment where Peter lets down with great disappointment the Lord and Savior. So why would Mark keep Peter in the boat, so to speak? I don't think he's protecting him. I don't think it's embarrassing at all. I think it's the other reason. I think it's because the story of Peter walking on water probably made him the guy. It's quite the story. I think Peter would not want Mark to emphasize it because Peter, whose pride we see on trial so many times in this Rock the World Bible series, Peter who we see fail so often, but walking on water even for a few steps, that's how far Peter has grown. I think young, impetuous, prideful Peter would have loved that story in there. But not mature shepherd Peter. Not Peter who has learned the importance of he needs grace. He needs forgiveness. He needs a savior. No, I think Peter, in his maturity, does not want to put the spotlight on his faith of walking out on the water. He wants the spotlight shining on the Lord Jesus. And the moment where the disciples said, You, Jesus, are the Son of God. That's what I think. Though, like I said, there's well-respected people who believe otherwise. Now, John, why didn't you include Peter walking on the water? I think enough people knew about Peter walking on the water. I think what we see John bring to the table with the latest edition gospel is that Peter had more than enough attention for his ministry and life. Am I saying John was jealous? No, 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 of course not. I think he, like Peter, did not want to diminish in any way who Jesus was when he walked on the water. But what about Matthew, though? Ha! This makes me love Matthew because Matthew, like John, was in the boat that day. He was in the boat when this madness and awesomeness unfolded. And Matthew doesn't think for one moment. I don't think I'll include the story about Peter walking on water. I love it, Matthew. Thank you. Because I don't, I mean, I do want to see not just Peter's flaws, not just the rock's faults, not just when he fails and falls and flails. I want to see Peter fly. I want to see Peter succeed as well. It brings hope to my heart. So I first want to ask Peter, I'm going to have this interview in heaven. Why? What, dude? What you're in the boat. Y'all see what you think is a ghost walking on water and you're terrified. You are afraid. What's also true is that you guys, the crew, Peter, you have been on the lake struggling, struggling nine hours because it's now the fourth watch of the night, 3 a.m. to 6 a.m., and the sea was rough. There was strong wind blowing, and you've rode three or four miles against that wind, and you're exhausted and frustrated, I bet. You see, again, what you think is some sort of ghost, so you're completely freaked out until Jesus immediately, by the way, spoke and said, Take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. Take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. Somebody just needs, in their spirit, to hear that right now. Take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. Real quick now. It helps to go to Bible Hub and look at the Greek right next to the English, and you see, take heart, but then you see what we see in our English Bible. It is I, is literally I, I am, the divine name of God. Jesus says, I, I am, while standing on the water. Remember I told you to hold that thought in your hand, that I, I am. I am the one who is. Now open up your hand. Jesus is saying, I am the one who is. Is I am God. I got this. I got this. How compassionate then of Jesus to say, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. What do you fear today? What are you afraid of? Our Lord wants to speak to you in a beautiful, surprising, encouraging way. When he walked on water, he was just revealing himself, bringing them faith. Nobody asked Jesus, hey, Jesus, could you show off tonight? Could you just walk on the water? No, Jesus just did that. And that's what I want him to do something for you that is, you're not asking. Jesus is just revealing himself. Take heart. I, I am. I am God. Do not be afraid. Can you just take a moment and just hear those words? Hear Jesus say to you, if you're exhausted, stressed, afraid, struggling, that's what Peter was. Take heart. I am the one who is, I got this. Do not be afraid. That's my prayer for some of you today. Actually, again, my prayer goes a little bit further than that. I want you to hear that right now in your spirit, but I want Jesus to demonstrate it in some beautiful way for you that you will remember. That's the power of God. That's the power of Jesus. So can you imagine now, let's go back, the power of those stressed out, freaked out, exhausted disciples as they look at each other. It's Jesus. Look at that. Can you believe it? Wow. Which brings me back to that question, Peter. What in the world moves your heart to say, Lord, if it's you, command me to come to you on the water. This amazes me, y'all. Like, what? That is, to me, one of the most ridiculous things I can imagine. But I can give you something even more ridiculous than that. It's Jesus, who has every right to say, Peter, I, I am, I'm God. Hey, Pete, my guy, stay in the boat. I'm coming to you. So it's audacious, ridiculous, beautiful, that are. Lord and Savior, who made the wind and waves and is Lord over all, would respond to Peter's crazy request, not with a, no, Pete, no, but with an affirmative, come, come on, come on. That's our God. Wow. Now I'm not Peter. I'm Thomas, maybe, or Matthew or John or one of the other boat sitters just thinking, is that boy crazy? However, if I had been Peter and said to Jesus, if it's you, call me on the water, and Jesus said, bring it, big boy, I would have been like, nah, I'm I'm good. You just come on to us, Jesus, not Peter, which astounds me. I'm impressed that he gets out of the boat. I'm impressed that he gets however many steps on the water, walking on the water, before he starts to come to his senses and says, hmm, I can't do this. (laughs) starts to sink, and Jesus grabs him. But I'm even more impressed by Jesus that the same Savior and Messiah and the one who is, I am, who gave a simple test to Philip that Andrew passed with five loaves, small loaves, and two fish, this Jesus also looks for audacious faith. In fact, he seems to relish it, seems to think this is pretty great. To the point when Peter sinks, instead of Jesus affirming Peter with, wow, you know, you did a pretty good job for a few steps on the waves. Jesus' instead is like this, man, you of little faith. I'm, I'm like, man, but there's 11 dudes in the boat, 11 other boat sitters. But Jesus says, man, you of little faith, why did you doubt? I doubt. I fall. I fail. I have faults and flaws. And maybe, 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 though I think my best case faith is that shoulder-shrugging Andrew faith. I don't know, Lord. Maybe you can do something here with this. Maybe every once in a while, though, I work up the courage to ask Jesus if it's you, call me out on that water. And Jesus does. Whether shoulder-shrugging or water-walking, Jesus is looking for some faith. His divine power meets us in the inadequacies and in the challenges of five loaves and two fish, and his divine power joyfully meets us in the surf in the struggle where he says, take heart, I am, I am the one who is, it is I, do not be afraid. And when we ask permission to take a step of faith, Jesus, who are you? Who are you, Lord Jesus, to join us in the crazy, exciting adventure of us saying, call me out there, Jesus, come on, to say to us, come on. I love it. So I don't know. I don't know what your situation, your boat is today. Can you picture yourself in the boat, stressed, struggling, tired, afraid? Can you picture Jesus walking on the water towards you? What is your situation? Situation reminds me of sit <laughs> sitting there, 12 in the boat, 11 people taking it all in, and one taking a big step of faith. I've got questions, not answers for you. What is your boat? What are you experiencing right now? What does it mean if you stand up and say, Jesus, if it's you, call me out there on that water? I want to hear from you. I want to hear what Jesus is dealing with on your heart and what your situation is. Email me, steve at verybold.com. What's your faith going to look like today? Is it going to be that shoulder shrug? I don't know. Here's what we've got. You're going to be the one out of the 12 that says, Jesus, if it's you, you call me out on that water. And Jesus says, come. What's that look like? Reach out to me, steve at verybold.com. Very bold fits in with this lesson today, doesn't it? comes from Paul. He writes in 2 Corinthians 3:12, the hope that we have, the hope that you have. This is a real living God powerful. This is what Paul wrote. and This is how we sign off each and every week. Therefore, since we have such a hope, we are very bold. Very bold. Radio and podcast with your host Steve Teal, bringing encouragement through God's word and through inspiring interviews. Go to VeryBold.com for information and updates and email steve at VeryBold.com.